Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Miami Dolphins football, live on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Sponsored by Amerisave, the official mortgage lender of the Miami Dolphins. Publix, to become a Publix member, visit clubpublix.com. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Dolphins Football, presented by the Palm Beaches. What is up, Dolphins? Back here for hour number two of the Dolphins' fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. OJ McDuffie, Seth Levitt, the entire Miami Dolphins podcast network. Check us out on the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice, myself, the Drive Time podcast at MiamiDolphins.com, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We just heard from head coach Mike McDaniel, who, did they say it on the radio broadcast, Seth, that he has now surpassed Cam Cameron? In all time, did. yes, they did. Jim, Jimmy did say that. I, I like. <laughs> I mean, I get the joke, and that's all funny, but this is a whole different deal here. He's he's had two up. He's knocked them both down. Last guy to do that was Jimmy Johnson. Those are the only two first-time head coaches in Dolphins history to do that. I don't even want to taint this performance or this head coach with the stench of Cam Cameron. Look at he's bringing the stats today. Juice got them all he's got ready for the game ball segment I too. I prepped. That's, that's part of that. Although uh, you couldn't have prepped for what we got. Yeah, no kidding. The pregame release. I'm going to go ahead and say helped out dropping that thing off at Mission Barbecue. Yeah, appreciate across that. Across from oh, there Mission, in Davie. Huh? Came all the way up our way. Yeah. Okay, okay. Got some time on a Friday. Went out and saw my friend and got some lunch. It was, it was a pretty good day. But let's go back to Seth here, who's going to go ahead and carry us in the way. Tua and Tyreek and Jalen did today in the game. As our press conference consigliere, head coach Mike McDaniel, once again, he was great, Seth. He was great. By the way, can I get one of those little black director's chair that says consigliere? <laughs> just yeah. sit in that I like that. So, so what's most interesting to me is, and Tua mentioned it, and then you heard Coach McDaniel mention the conversation they had in that pregame. And, you know, at some point, Juice, I want to ask you about what those pregame meetings were like when you were playing. But the, con- the kind of the last thought that those guys had in their head from Coach before they got up on game day, mm-hmm. and he said he wanted to see some adversity. I like that he said they, he thought they took, <laughs> took him maybe a little bit too seriously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was really interesting that he prepared them for, hey, look, we had the lead the entire time in game one. 
but he expected some adversity, maybe not this much, and he wanted to prep them for that and to not be scared of it but to embrace it and to look at that as an opportunity to show what they were made of. I thought that was really impressive. Juice, you asked a couple times what was said in halftime. He said, who cares what the score is? Right. I thought that was also interesting. Let's just go out and play football with each other, and if we get to the fourth quarter, we can worry about the score at that time. So I thought that was really right. interesting. Uh, you know, he said that this was a huge opportunity to show who we are, and they did. We'll see who they are the rest of the year, but this is who they are today and tonight. You know, they're a team that came back and did something unprecedented in a lot of ways, which at some point I want to go to that tweet that Jeff Darlington had because yeah, that statistic yeah. was crazy. <laughs> Literally unprecedented. And in the last decade, they said when teams were down 21 points or more in, in the fourth quarter in the last decade, they're 0 and 711. There were right. 711 NFL opportunities for a team to be down by 21 points or more, and Tua, Tyreek, Jalen, the rest of this Miami Dolphins team were, were able to do something that 711 teams weren't able to do. And, and how good is that when you have, uh, again, that those narratives we talked about in the last hour, a quarterback that he can't thread the ball tight down, all these narratives that you have to have a big, strong arm and you have to be all these things. Was a narrative breaker. Two was the one that did it. This game was a narrative breaker. I like it. So, but here's another thing that I thought was really great, and we saw this from the beginning. I've heard some, man. I hate I hate saying this because I I have such respect for journalists and writers, but there are some that get a little snarky, and there are some that that just uh, you know I don't know they get a little negative, and I heard somebody doubt or question the authenticity of Coach McDaniel's mm. excitement in getting an opportunity to coach Tua. Uh, you know, or the authenticity oh, yeah. Yeah. about how positive he is around Tua. And he said today, I just want to see the guy enjoy playing football. And, it, and you know, when you hear it from Tua, he says he's never had a coach like this. Sure. From his father all the way through, he's never had a coach that has been so positive. It doesn't just ream him out every time something negative happens. Talks about how do we fix it, but he really wants him to enjoy. He doesn't want, just want him to win. We know he wants him to win, right. but he wants him to enjoy playing football. You heard Coach McDaniel say it again today. And the last thing he said, and we talked about it earlier in the first hour, his teammates learned a lot about him, and he learned a lot about himself. So there were some gems that Coach was dropping. Kawa. Yeah. Kawa. Coach's answers, answers were, were awesome, awesome. not you. great. I think I said great even though we didn't do Kawa just a minute ago. So it's like ingrained at this point. But, no, it's, that's great stuff, Seth, and I'm, I'm glad we have you here to give us those those kind of, you know, those breakdowns. Yeah, of yeah, it takes a real it's, skill to take well, notes. Well, no, it does because, it, because just your perspective you have really, I think, rounds out what Coach says for us there. And even when, you know, last year too, it was, it was the same way. So it's very much appreciated. And there was one thing, and I think this might be – you mentioned the authenticity of Coach McDaniel with his excitement for Tua Tungavailoa, all these things that you mentioned, the snark, all of that stuff. I'm curious to get your take, both your guys' take on this. I'll go to you here first, Juice, because he said one thing that really kind of stuck stuck out to me there was that he says that now maybe with some of this confidence, maybe he believes me when I tell him you can go out there and enjoy yourself and right. play at a high level, and maybe he'll stop pressing a little bit to make the plays like he did on that downfield shot to Jalen Waddle, and then he said that's what you get in the sports for, and that kind of gave me the goosebumps a little bit. I'm going to be, yeah. I think Brandon Tobin would call them the Goosies uh, next door at the other station down the street there, but uh, <laughs> is that is that something that you think Coach kind of had in the back of his mind for the last six, seven months? Like, if I can find a way to chip away at this exterior of like, well, I got to press, I got to make these plays, and just get him playing confident and loose. Do you think maybe Coach had the long game in mind there? I think so. I mean, I think that what was happening with Tua wasn't wasn't working. For, that's for sure, right? We weren't getting the best out of him, and if he was feeling that way, a certain kind of way, and pressing, 
it's because of we talked about it before an environment that wasn't you know wasn't cool for for him. But then you've got a coach that and, and Tua, he said, you know, Tua even talked about how my, Coach Mike McDaniel never has much any much bad stuff to say at all. He's always you know upbeat and uplifting. And I think that it was great. He said maybe Tua will finally listen to me, you know. And that we I talked about that a little bit earlier, man. Who knows what time of type of game changer this could have been for the whole organization moving forward with Tua and Coach McDaniel as the head man. Um, just that confidence, just that belief by everybody involved, especially like Coach said, Tua believing in himself. You know, he says an entire team of the right type of people. Let's go. Entire team of the right type of people, and I—that's what—that's what's up. There's a belief. You know, we talked about how the offense performed. You know, we still the, the defense at the end of there too. He talked about complimentary football. They had to play almost perfect complimentary football down the stretch there, and that's what they did. You know, they gave it the long run to Lamar, but other than that, they gave a field goal. Other than that, the offense was just balling. So they went out there. Like Seth said, he said, you know, don't worry about the score right now. We'll worry about that in the fourth quarter. Go out there and see if we can put a, a good a half of football together, something along those lines. And uh, they sure did, man. And that's, that's what you want from your coach. You know, I had one coach tell me, you know, just don't go out there and embarrass yourself as much as you did in the first half. <laughs> I won't mention any names, but I don't like the guy, you know. But this guy right here had the team, you know, knowing they had a rough first half down – you know, so many points, but they, he, they had the confidence and he had the confidence in them to go out there and try to get back in it and then see what happens in the fourth quarter. Great job for, by him, man. And a guy that we talk about, the pulse, knowing his team and knowing the right, right words. And this is the first time that we know of that he's had to go out there and do something like yep. this. First time he's had to have a halftime speech. Last game we were up 17 nothing at half for, you know, real game. This is the first time he had to do something. Now we know how he handles situations like that at the half. And uh, that was uh, obviously the perfect tone that the team needed, and they responded. You came, you came back with that word confidence. I keep going back to that same word because we mentioned the confidence that we had in our offense to go get points. The Ravens had to have felt the same way yeah. on that final drive. And you mentioned the complimentary nature of this game. Like, the defense, I know they had a rough day, but when you got to make plays, you still got to go out there and get that done. And sure enough, the Ravens go right into scoring range. And what does Miami's defense do? They get, a, I think, a negative play, an incompletion, like a short run or something like that, and they get off the field. Tucker, you know he's going to make that kick 100 times out of 100, which he does, and the offense goes and responds. So it's just a total team effort there towards the end, 28-3 for the Dolphins in that fourth quarter. What a game. What a press conference. What a recap of that press conference. We still have plenty to get to, including game balls. We have three of them to give out, and I'm sure it's probably the least surprising game balls we've ever given out here on the post-game <laughs> show, but we're going to do it anyway. Dolphins post-game is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Baltimore, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter overtime show brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Guess what, Dolphins Nation? When you sign up for Club Publix, you get perks, a birthday tree, and BOGO notifications. Just visit clubpublix.com. Terms and conditions apply. It's that time of the week again, guys. Time to hand out some game balls. It's time for Travis, Seth, and O.J. McDuffie to hand out their game balls on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You know it's a good show when we have game balls to give out because that means the Dolphins are victorious. And on this particular episode, or do we call them episodes? I guess that's a podcast thing. I don't, I don't think you call <laughs> this them This is that. not an episode. It's, <laughs> it's a live radio post-game show here. We're going to hand out some game balls, though. I don't think there will be any surprises here, but you never know. We're going to go first to OJ Juice McDuffie. The Wyatts had a big day today, Juice. Oh, man, they had a huge day, man. They had a huge day when it all counts, man. And I'm going to tell you what. At the beginning of the game, we saw, and there was a, a, a mention of whether uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, was there a concerted effort to get Jalen Waddle involved? And I was telling Seth, I said, man, they're, they're throwing the ball a lot to Jalen. Looks like Tyreek's not very happy about that, you know? So Tyreek was happy. He was okay with that because he knew he was going to get his opportunity. So my game ball is going out to Tyreek Hill, number 10, Cheetah. And the, one of the biggest reasons I'm giving it to you, he left with cramps. You know how hard it is to come back from cramps? You know what I mean? And then Coach McDaniel made a comment about, yeah, he had cramps and uh, he's still running fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Still running by people, man. So, I mean, what a what resolve. And, boy, did we need that burst. That and, and he came out there and gave us that boost that we needed as an offense. Two big bombs, left wide open. Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 190 yards, two scores, 13 targets. Big, long of 60, that was just humongous, man. Man, these wideouts, man, they never disappoint, boy. That's why uh, Tyreek is my my game ball today, baby. Well, we we had to make a decision post-game who was going to give out which game ball because, like I said, eh, not much of a surprise. Juice taking the receivers, no surprise. I usually would go to the quarterback that I'm a big fan of, but I'm going to go ahead and throw the change up the curveball in here and give it to Jalen Waddle, who goes 11 for 171, a pair of touchdown receptions of his own, and I just like the way he did a little bit of everything. Like, we all know about the speed that his game offers. Last year, he was more of a, you know, short underneath, catch the ball stationary, get first downs, keep the chains moving, but today I thought you saw what has had me so excited and, frankly, 
as Seth loves to point out, nearly in tears when he's getting worked on after an injury in the preseason last season because I just think I I, I know what this guy is capable of. And you saw it today. Tough catches in, in coverage, you know, with guys draped all over him, elevating up for footballs, the vertical routes, the crossing routes. And like you guys both talked about, when Cheetah went down, they just pumped the ball over and over to 17 again, looking like that Tuscaloosa connection between Tua and Jalen the last couple of weeks here. What was the stat, Big Seth? Was it there are two players in the NFL with over X amount of receiving yards? Over 200 yards receiving, only two in the entire league. Both Miami Dolphins. They both are Miami Dolphins. One's got 280-something yards and the other 240. Those guys are balling. Absolutely incredible. And they both have game balls from you they, two guys. They both have Most game balls. And with a receiver or a pair of receivers doing that, I have to imagine the other game ball goes in a certain direction, Big Seth. There's only one guy left to get the game ball, and it's Tua Tungavailoa. We, we've heard the stats all day, but, you know, 36 of 50. I'm blind. 469 <laughs> yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, 124.1 rating. But the idea that you scored seven points in the first half, you threw two interceptions, and you don't care, right? Who cares what the score is is what Coach Mike said. He loves calling Coach Mike. Well, he listened to Coach Mike. He went back out in the second half and led his team to 35, fourth quarter, 35 points in the second half, you know, overcomes a 21-point deficit, which hasn't happened in 711 <laughs> tries, so right? We saw that, and and – didn't you know? Didn't break a sweat. Get up to the post game presser, and it's like, what? Why are you guys surprised? This is what I expect out of myself. Now, look. Early on, at the top of this show, I was pretty excited. Hell, I was so excited. Greeper turned my mic down, but I said <laughs> that it was a legendary performance. He's shaking. His and head I'm probably going to catch some, you know what, for saying it was a legendary performance. And if you want to call me a homer, that's fine. But let me tell you why I said it was a legendary performance. Tell him. There's only been three quarterbacks in the history of this franchise who have had six touchdown days, three of them. The first one was a guy named Bob Greasy, who, oh, by the way, has a gold jacket and a bust in Canton, Ohio, for the next 40,000 years. Now, he did it in 1977 against the St. Interestingly enough, they were all on the road. But he did it against St. Louis in 1977. The other guy's Dan Marino. Perhaps you've heard of him. Also a bust in Canton for the next 40,000 years. Also, you know, maybe the greatest pure passer to ever play the game. He lost to the Jets on the road in overtime with six touchdowns. And then the third guy, he did it today in front of your own eyes, Tua Tungavailoa. And let me tell you something, guys. He had the 124.1 passer rating. Greasy was 115.4. He only had 23 attempts, which, by the way, when you have only 23 attempts of 15 completions and six of them for touchdowns, you're dealing. But 207 yards, he did win the game. Dan Marino did everything he could in that game. A lot of people remember that shootout against the Jets, but he didn't even get the win. Had 448 yards, 30 for 50. So he completed 60-something percent of his passes. Greasy completed 60-something percent of his passes. Tua was dealing like that and completed 72% of his passes, guys. 469 yards. It was a legendary performance. It's one that will be talked about with this franchise for years and years to come. Obviously, a lot of things happen, have to happen. Like Coach said last week, you wish you could only win two games. There's a lot bigger things this team's trying to accomplish than win two games. But today, Tua did everything he could do to deliver a legendary performance. And for that, I'm sure he's very pleased that he gets a game ball from me. Whew, big Seth, give me more goosies over here. Juice, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, man. What a, what a fun day it was. And, I, you know, I cannot wait Tomorrow morning when I get on my computer, get my coffee going, get the All-22 loaded up, 
get on all my websites and I check my advanced stats, my next gen, my pro football reference. Just stay off of that. They should give the me some shark. good stuff too. They're banned. But they're done. I cannot <laughs> wait. I love it. I absolutely love it. I cannot wait to see where he ranks in those major categories and all that stuff because there's a lot of people that like to get their engagements up on a Monday morning for yeah. trashing our quarterback. Well, he's going to hurt those numbies a little bit tomorrow morning with the way he played today, guys. And the last question I have for you, we have one minute before break, and maybe this is a, something we come back to, but I'm curious – how much of that was yak yards? I feel like it, there had to have been a couple hundred yak yards in that game from these Dolphins receivers. We'll look it up. Maybe we'll come back with it on the other side of the show here. Maybe it's a drive time <laughs> comment. I'm not sure yet. We'll get to more here. We have plenty more to come your way, including the drive of the game. Those were your game balls, though. Tua, Tyreek, and Jalen. 1, 10, and 17. Dolphins post game is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Baltimore, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. You're listening to the fifth quarter overtime show presented by the Palm Beaches. You're listening to Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Joe Rose and Zach Krantz in the mornings. Hawk and Crowder in the afternoon. Nobody covers Dolphins like AM560 Sports WQAM. Give your actions more traction in the all-new Kia Sportage X-Pro with multi-terrain all-wheel drive. With the right tools, anything is possible. Seth, that read kind of sounds like some of my rhymes I do on the podcast every once in a while. Kind of maybe they're writing those scripts for me. Yeah, about as cool as uh, Gesicki's touchdown celebration, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the fastest gritty I had ever seen in my entire life. What was the tweet talking about how it looked better in front he of his... He said it looked a whole lot better in the mirror in his hotel room when he was prepping it. <laughs> He's a long dude doing it. You know what I mean? He's super long trying to do it. Well, Travis always says that when he runs, he looks like a guy who stole a TV oh from a goodness. party. So <laughs> now they're saying he looks like a dad trying to do the gritty at uh, you know their kid's bar mitzvah or something. It was too good. So he gets a touchdown on the board today. But our Lexus drive of the game is not going to be a sticky touchdown. It'll be a later one. Real life, real luxury. Explore the possibilities with Lexus at the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event now through September 6th. Learn more at Lexus.com slash offers. And our, t- our drive of the game, I should say, goes six plays, 58 yards, takes a minute and seven seconds off the clock, and it's capped off by a touchdown pass from Tua Tungavailoa to Jalen Waddell, but it was set up by this run from Chase Edmonds. Great craft in motion. They give it to Edmonds up the middle. He breaks to the right, the 20, the 15, the 10, and down at the 7-yard line. Taken down by Williams. Dolphins can use a timeout here if they choose. Give me what a great play call. You got everything spread out. You've been just torching them with with the pass, and you come back and hit them with the run. So, Juice, that play right there, the reason I queued it, queued it up that way, or uh, I guess Creeper kind of queued it up that way for us to kind of help <laughs> us out on, there. Man. Yeah, he, he got us going there, was because I just thought, and you talked about this a little bit too, the tendency breakers for Coach McDaniel all day long were just so good. And to go to a run play in a situation like that, sometimes that can be free yardage when you're talking about a team like expecting pass all the way, and they go for 28 yards on the ground in a game-winning drive situation, Juice. That's big time, man. Man, that was so big time. And, and when it happened, you know, that's the first thing we com- you know, commented on. And a lot of times, you know, you see guys going to two-minute drills, you see pass, 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 pass. What a great job by the right side of the line, washing those guys down and giving Edmonds that window. And we all thought he was going to score because we know he's got that breakaway speed. But great job by the safety, kind of pinning him to the sideline, you know, and being able to make that play. But that was just a gutsy play. And at that time, we're thinking, all right, timeout, timeout, timeout. We were so worried about coach's clock management. I will not doubt his clock management again, uh, you know, until the next time. You know what I mean? 
Because we thought that he should be calling a timeout too, like Jimmy was talking was about nuts. right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, uh, two timeouts. And then twenty <laughs> seconds later, he calls the timeout. The he, he knew they were already in field goal range, and he just wanted to make sure, I guess, that like they did get into the, the perfect play. And man, so that was just outstanding. Then of course Baltimore burned a timeout, you know, towards the end there. But so it, it worked out perfect, man. But that 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 run play was outstanding and a great call, you know, against the norms. And Tua mentioned some of the running game success that he felt felt like they had. It might not have seemed like it, but looking at the stats, Raheem had 11 for 51. That's a 4.6 average. Chase had 5 for 33. Of course, 28 of that on the one run, but that's a 6.6 average. They Eng- average almost 5 yards carry, yeah, Travis. And, yeah. and that includes yeah. uh, a rush from Ingold and Tua apiece, both for one yards to move the chains I think on, on both of those were quarterback, quarterback sneaks. Quarterback sneaks, they? yeah. Alec under there <laughs> after, yeah. after Mark Andrews did on the other side there. But, Seth, I'm looking at the drive chart here, man. Like, w- you, you take the game winner, obviously. Six plays, Eight, 58 yards, a buck 07 after kind of a weird kickoff that you said you saw and we didn't get a chance to see that? Yeah, I mean, it was a line drive right to Smythe. It was, it was uh, I don't, you know, certainly wasn't intentional. And I think, right. Juice, you might have said that they might have been giving the kicker the business over there on the sideline, yeah. which they need to give him a hall pass because right. he's, he's won a lot of games for yeah, that team. True. Kicking, you know, 100 yards. But look what, like, look what a bad kick left for us at the beginning of the game. You know what I mean? It, it gave true. us great field position. But you talk about what they did. We kicked it short. And it became a touchdown on us. So. Well, look, yeah, and we, you know, the Dolphins started at the 32. It wasn't like they got the ball at midfield. Yeah, that's still great field position. The rest of the drives, <laughs> it, no, I, <laughs> I was just looking at the rest of the drives because I don't, I was taking them down off the ESPN box score. I mean, 12 plays, 75 yards, 7 minutes and 8 seconds and a touchdown. That was kind of the anomaly of the day because here's the other four drives. 7 plays, 75 yards, 314. 5 plays, 59 yards, 124 and a touchdown. Three plays, 64 yards, 127, and six plays, 94 yards, 349. Seth, we talked about it all year last year, how difficult it is from our press box uh, perch up there at the stadium, how difficult it is to have these 10, 12-play drives without guys making mistakes. And there was even you know, a Brian Flores quote last year where we're just – alternating turns right now, making mistakes. Well, when you got Tyreek and Cheetah, and you can run play, or drives that go six plays, seven plays, five plays, three plays, six plays, all of those for touchdowns, that's kind of the NFL in 2022. Well, it, it's the NFL in 2022, but fortunately it's also the Miami Dolphins in 2022. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that we can't lose sight of. And now, the other team was doing it too. Right. So, you know, that's not something that this defense can make a habit of. You can't expect an historic performance from your offense week in and week out. I think everybody knows that. I don't see any reason why we should anticipate that that's what we will get. But we also can't excuse the fact that, you know, and you said, Juice, you're putting that kickoff return essentially on the defense as well. You give up 103-yarder, the 75-yarder, the 79-yarder. I mean, you just can't do that. And that was our little debate there at halftime. So, yeah, Tua has two interceptions and, and not making any excuses. But, man, this defense is expected to do better. They're expected yeah. to play better. But in the biggest moments, you know, you, what did Coach say last week? Deliberate practice so that you can perform in the biggest moments. That first drive, right, 90-something yards, and they that four, four downs, and they stop them on the goal line, and then they got the stops when they needed to late in the game to get the ball back to the hot hand. And that was the Lexus drive of the game. Real life, real luxury. The Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event now through September 6th. We have a couple more minutes here on the segment, guys, and great stuff, Seth. And I want to talk about a little bit back to you know the Chase Edmonds call, Juice, because I thought it was just another example of Coach – just finding ways to put these guys in positions to succeed. I mean, you talked about the number of wide-open receivers we had downfield. Man, you know I love the design 
of that screen touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle oh. because you go 11 personnel. That means one back, one tight end, and you go empty, which means nobody in the backfield alongside Tua. So it's a, a formation that typically is a pass formation, but you can run with that tight end, with that running back. But they spread it out and go empty, so that gets the defense like, well, what are we doing here? Then they, they motion Tyreek back into the backfield, and they fake the handoff to him going right, and what does that do but get everybody's eyes going right? And then here comes the ball back the other way to Jalen Waddle, who can basically walk in behind good blocks of Trent Sherfield and Liam Eichenberg. But the point I want to make, Juice, is that when you have that good of misdirection in your offense with the speed this team has, right. that's how you can wind up with a, a stat that Seth just texted me. This is the first time in NFL history where a team had a player record 400-plus pass yards and five touchdowns and two teammates recording 170 receiving yards and two touchdowns. That's how that happens, I think. Right. Oh, man, yes. We, we've talked about this two-headed monster that we have, man, that's going to make it uh, virtually impossible for teams to defend. And, um, you know, you're looking at a good team. Uh, Coach said it. Uh, I think Tua said it, man. This is a good defense that they went up against. Yeah, the corners are a little banged up, but they're all professional players out there. And uh, everything looked good for them early. Um, but when you got guys like that, you got Tyreek and you got uh, Tyreek Hill. I'll, I'll use his last name. Guys, prefer that <laughs> first name yeah, basis yeah, with everybody. Jalen Waddle. We called Mike Kosicki <laughs> yeah, the other day. Yeah, I mean, Jay, <laughs> that was during the break. <laughs> <laughs> and Jalen Waddle being able to go out there, you can you can use both of them against each other. Now the day that Jalen had today, Jalen Waddle had today. Is, you, you go know, first name, Juice. Nah, I'm okay with it. that. I'm cool. <laughs> the game that Jalen Waddle had today, you know, is in the game that Tyreek Hill had today. Who are you if you're Buffalo coming in next? Who are you take, trying to take away? Find what do you What do you do in this situation? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's what we've been talking about all along. Now you talk about that run game. We got the run game along with that. If we could average 4.8 yards a carry. I know there's one big one there. I mean, that'll give us that balance that you want on offense that makes teams have to be nervous, man. Uh, I would say we start showing it last week, you know. But so what? It came a week later in the second half of a game that we're getting. Getting our butts whooped in, and they they figured it out, man, and that's going to boost some confidence. But those two on the field together, when Tyree, because look, Seth mentioned it too, because we talked about it. Waddle was trying to hold it down all by himself. You know, I mean, he was doing a hell of a job. Yeah, he was. And then who who said Tyree came out of, out of like a Superman? Like you <laughs> know what I mean? You said that Travis, and that was I, like I, some of this I couldn't believe he came <laughs> back, man, from cramps hard late in the second half. You coming back from cramps in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, is tough. If you go in at halftime and get it early, you can get IVs. You know what I mean? So he had to have gotten some like an IV. I hope I hope he got a little bit of IV, just a little bit of fluids. And you saw a guy from Baltimore come off with cramps, and he was trying to drink water. It's too late. Yeah, right. It, it's right. too late to drink to get it out of there, man. So, But the fact that he came out there, and like Coach said, what he, I think he had cramps, and he, he was still pretty fast. And he was still running by people, man. Impressive stuff when you have both of those guys on the field. And I'm going to tell you, Tyreek Hill said, little buddy, I got you. Partner, I got you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and help you out as well. And they both continued to just ball out. And the secondary was just clueless at the end of that game. And just goes up top for two long touchdowns, man. That was fun. We have never seen something like that as Dolphins fans since, really, since Duper and Clayton back in the Marino days, yes. man. That's, that was pretty cool to see. So a little bit more here to come your way. Two more segments. We're going to go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS, WKIS HD1, and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton. Home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Mabine Accident Attorneys. 
We still have the out-of-town scoreboard and what's coming up next on the Dolphins Podcast Network. Speaking of the out-of-town scoreboard, I don't even know what happened today because I'm so clear. And it doesn't matter. Today. It doesn't matter. I do see Cooper Rush behind you, Seth, uh, taking down the Bengals right now, 17-3. We'll do that and plenty more next. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. And the final score from Baltimore, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miami Dolphins football, live on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Tomorrow afternoon, Hawk and Crowder are talking Dolphins. AM 560 Sports, WQAM. Dolphins fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long as the official ticket marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster, has a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Score tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. I told you guys I haven't really paid attention to the rest of the league today because my eyes were affixed on that legendary, as Big Seth called it, Dolphins victory, 42-38 over the Baltimore Ravens. Let's go ahead and fire up the music and get to the out-of-town scoreboard here in week number two around the National Football League on Thursday night. What a game that was. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take down Justin Herbert and the Chargers, 27-24. Up at the Meadowlands. No, check that. It was in Cleveland. The Jets and Joe Flacco get a comeback victory over Big Slops and the Cleveland Browns, 31-30. to The Lions take down the Commanders. The fighting Dan Campbell's at 500, 36-27. The Buccaneers win a defensive slugfest, 20-10 over the Saints. That's Tom Brady's first regular season win over the Saints in five tries as a member of the Bucks, The Giants are 2-0. How about that? They take down the Panthers 19-16. The Patriots also get a narrow victory, 17-14 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jaguars blank the Colts. What? Where did that come from? 24 to nothing as the Colts fall to 0-1-1 on the season. Current scores right now, the Rams are putting on the Falcons 28-10. That's late in the third quarter. The 49ers lost Trey Lance, so Jimmy Garoppolo back in the game. Lance was carted off, so that has some implications for the Dolphins draft pick next season. The Niners up 20-7 to over the Seahawks. That's also late in the third. Early in the third, you have the Cowboys up 17-3 over the Bengals. Cooper Rush, what's going on up there? How about the Broncos and Texans tied 6 all at halftime? Bit of a hangover after that trip to Seattle and that crazy game on Monday night, perhaps? The Raiders are up 20-0 on the Cardinals. Uh, that's also early in the third quarter. And then tonight we have Packers and Bears. And then Monday night football is a doubleheader. Titans are at the Bills. The Bills will be here next week to face the Dolphins, so a short week for them. And then the Eagles are at the Vikings at 7:15 and 8:30 on Monday night. What a Monday night slate that is, guys. Oh, yeah. Looking oh, yeah. forward to that one. It's always more fun after you win, too, right? Watching all the games, the highlight shows, all that stuff is way Everything's more fun. better it this is. week, man. Every, everything is better. Everything. I'll be in Publix with all my aqua and orange on. That's for on. sure. <laughs> the Dolphins slides all the way up to the hat. It's all aqua and orange. So, guys, we talked about this a little bit. 
How should we approach this portion of the team? Because obviously it wasn't their best effort. You know, it wasn't Xavier Howard's best day, and he then has a chance to get a pick six that he makes 99 times out of 100. It just so happened to be that one time today where he didn't get it. They finally get the pressure, the zero pressure look where Lamar throws short and they're firing downhill, driving on those passes, doesn't get the pick. But, Juice, there was still some plays you had to make on defense because they had to bow up at some point to get this offense's effort paid off. And they did there late in the game. Yes, they really, really did. I mean, we talk about a, a tough first half. It really was a turf, tough first half. And then they played some really solid football. Yes, Lamar had the big long run for the touchdown. We are in zero. They caught us in a bad situation and blocked it well. But, you know, Coach McDaniel challenged the offense. He also challenged the defense. And the defense did come up big. And I'm so glad X didn't have to, you know, fly home with that drop pick as one of the yeah. reasons we didn't get an opportunity to tie the football game up. Offense had us back complimentary football you you know I mean it's always a part of it man you know you hear it all the time in every sport you know pick me up the offense picked him up on that but they also defensively came up strong even the drive before our touchdown drive holding those guys to a field goal defense came up strong you know Christian Wilkins had eight tackles in this game you look at some of the guys on the inside Eric Rowe came up big along towards the end there so you still got to give some props to those guys that had the same resolve that our offense had Tua had two picks in the first half. We talk about it. We got a game ball in the second half. Our defense gave up a lot of points in the first half. We're talking. We got to give those them some props for getting the stops and holding them to ten points in the second half. So it had to be like that, or we, we can't couldn't get it done today. And so that complimentary football goes both ways. Defense had a rough start, but, man, did they come on strong at the end to give us the opportunity to go down and win a football game. Especially that last drive you're talking about when they get in the scoring range like a short run, negative play, incompletion, just really getting that tight coverage downfield. You talked about Eric Rowe. Was that the play you're talking about, yes, the Mark Andrews absolutely. one? absolutely. Man, that was a big, big-time play from a guy that, you know, we talked to Coach this week at a press conference, and he said that Eric Rowe was really fired up to play and he wanted to be in the game, but he couldn't get out there because of the physical aspect of it, but he was so engaged. And then I asked Josh Boyer about that, and he was like, look, Eric Rowe is, we need him in the safeties room, even though we have two young studs. Yeah. Eric Rowe plays a lot, but also just in the way that he approaches the game and gets everybody else kind of to follow his lead. It's a big, big time thing. And Big Seth, how crazy is it? Maybe this is how crazy this game was. That we're in segment number nine here, the fourth segment of hour number two. The Dolphins had a drive where they stopped four straight plays from the two yard line or one yard line going in, and we haven't mentioned it yet. That's a big moment in the game. Short yardage defense of all the things that went wrong today was there. I did mention it, but much like uh, watching the game, you you were tuning me out because you said you spent enough time with us. But, yes, so what I said was talk about deliberate deliberate intention and practice that leads to stepping up at the biggest moments of the game. And who knew that that was going to be such a big moment because you kind of forgot about it when all of a sudden Baltimore was scoring, you know, in 30-second clips here. But, uh, yeah, it was huge. Look, when when an offense steps up like that, we all love offense – that's just kind of the way the NFL loves offense. Mm-hmm. It's why they changed the rules the way that they did. But, uh, you know, I, I'm reading some of these stats. I just read something. I don't even know what the stat is. I have to go find it, and I retweeted it. But that Tyreek Hill and Jerry Rice are, like, the only players to have a certain amount of games with 150-plus yards and 10 catches, whatever wow. it is. I mean, they're just <laughs> – the things that they're doing – Rich Eisen just said that the Miami Dolphins offense is insane. Juice, when's the last time you heard anybody on a national level say the Miami Dolphins offense is insane in a good way? Correct. Um, I'm going to go uh, 
long time ago. Long, uh, maybe before <laughs> you were <laughs> collecting your checks on this team. Yeah. I don't know. And you I played on some it. good offenses. Sure did. You played on yeah. some good offenses. So, uh, look, it's two weeks in, guys. We have to take a deep breath. Correct. We have to realize <laughs> there's 15 more games to be played. You just talked about the scores, and, you know, we mentioned it as well earlier. Thank goodness they did come back and win because otherwise you're sitting there with everybody else at one and one watching Buffalo, hoping that somehow they're going to yeah. lose a game that you don't expect them to lose because they look like a juggernaut right now. Instead, Buffalo's like, we have to keep our foot on the gas because we want to stay, you know, we want to stay with Miami. And so it was, look, there's only, it's been two games. This has been amazing. If, Somehow they lay an egg the next time they play. Everyone will say, well, they can't beat Buffalo. It doesn't matter what you did. And so, so I think everybody recognizes that. But on this flight home today. Oh, and, man, and don't even get me started said, about the flight, <laughs> I bro. Hear right? And, and, and whenever they land, these guys should enjoy themselves, get ready to go to work tomorrow or whenever. You know, maybe it should be a victory Monday. Oh, whenever they get back into work, they need to be ready. And this has to be, you know, there's that 24-hour rule, right? Chris? Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have a victory Monday yet because it is Buffalo within the division. It's a huge moment. And, you know, a lot of times, I'm telling you, man, it's just fun to come in the building. But let's talk about that flight, Big Seth. Oh, man, you know, please I was do. telling people, like, when I was at the Penn State game this weekend, I was like, you know, the flight home for these kids is going to be so great. Like, when I knew when we went out to a game, it was a serious movie on the way out. If you won, you could watch. There's a comedy on the way back. If you lost, it was a serious movie on the way back <laughs> or no movie, whatever it might be, you know. There's going to be a lot of fun on that plane. Uh, there's going to be comedy on, you know, on the, on the screens. And guys are really going to enjoy this one, man. They, they, they earned it, man, because they showed that, like we talk about, that resolve and that resilience that you want in your players. You know, an entire team full of the right guys is what they have. And they, they showed it. So that plane ride, that's, that's one of the fun ones, man. And guys, they should enjoy it. You, you grind all week long. You go get a win, enjoy themselves tonight, and get, back, get ready to go back to work tomorrow or Tuesday. And it's a perfect distance, right, Juice? You're not coming cross country yeah, where you have to fly point. for five yeah, hours and point. sit there and, like, you have a great time. But, uh, you know, when guys land at that point, they're a little worn out. Right. Maybe they need to get, drink a little extra water when they land. It's not one of those. It's just long enough to have a great party, a good time on the plane on the way back. And when you land, you still can enjoy They're South Florida. They're already halfway home right now. And they can still enjoy <laughs> South Florida. That's right. That's right. You know, that's one thing that I'm super jealous I haven't got a chance to experience. A team flight. It's, it's like one of my. It's one of my all-time things I would love to get a, to get a piece a of win, one of these days the after best, a victory. Because it is nightmarish on the way back. <laughs> I can believe it. Doing yeah. post-game, though, it's not going to happen because I'm here, with, here, in, here in South Florida at all times. But You don't um, have a booth on the planes, man? We can't God, do it. Would, can you imagine? Can you, the, the noise in the background? To, to <laughs> I mean, they had Coach McDaniel talking to Tua on his plane ride. That plane's a little a little PJ there. I don't know if we get that kind of access. But. You know we're flying commercial, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Juice might be – Travis, you and I are commercial. We're in the back you know of the commercial. You know for sure. Oh, we're man. flying spirit. I'm with y'all, man. I'm rolling with y'all. I, I got one – we talked about narrative busters, and we talked about this off the air. Maybe you brought it up on the air, and I just didn't hear it because it <laughs> seems to be the theme today. But Probably. how many times did we hear this offseason, oh, the Dolphins could start 0-4. Best case scenario is 1-3. and This is fresh. This fresh is fresh. Thing. Well, they're 2-0, and so that's a good take for you guys. It's a freezing cold take it might be uh, at this point. My last point here was I just wanted to mention one guy because I thought Jalen Phillips had a big, big series. Thank you for that critical one. critical time yes, of this game yes. when he sets a hard edge on a, a Christian Wilkins tackle for loss, then gets what I thought was a hold. I saw it happen. I saw the flag come out. I saw the ref come announce a flag. I think Lamar said, Jackson thought He it was looked a over hold. and saw it, too. He said, well, no yeah, because yeah, yeah, he eased he up and over threw there. the ball yep. less than – I mean – who knows if he gets a complete if they don't throw a flag, but he, I think he did see it. So 
weird, but either way, those guys balled out. I thought Christian was very good again today. And just short yardage in general, man. This team is so tough to move in short yardage between Sealer, Davis, Jenkins, Landon Roberts flying in there too. So those are a couple mentions of the defense. Wasn't their best day, but like we talked about, had to make some plays. Short yardage defense was really good, though. The explosive plays are the ones that killed us, but short yardage defense I thought was really good. And that'll come up later in the season too, so good to get that work in. Dolphins postgame is driven by Gunther Volkswagen for car buying done your way. You've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. The final score from Baltimore, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. You're listening to the Fifth Quarter Overtime Show brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the official Miami Dolphins radio network where Dolphins fans live. The Porpoise Pod, the newest Miami Dolphins podcast, hosted by Tobin and Solana. Listen for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Unbeatable fans like you deserve unbeatable mileage. So next time you fill up, choose Chevron with Techron. Find a station near you on the Chevron app. And I've been just kind of firing off some stats all day on the show because Big Seth is coming through in the clutch once again and sending them my way. And I'm going to go ahead and take another one of his stats right here. That Waddle and Ty, or rather, check that. The Dolphins receivers had Ravens defensive backs today traveling 6,131 yards on passing plays. That's the most by a defensive back group. Was it since the start of last season? Correct. Since the start of last season. So there you go. That's a crazy stat. And that, that kind of speaks once again to the Dolphins' ability Ooh. to look at their opponent and maybe, you know, a, 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 attack the perceived weaknesses because we knew this cornerback group had two guys down right. today. So stretch those guys out. Maybe that's why you wind up with a five-touchdown performance <laughs> or whatever it was, four-touchdown performance in the fourth quarter of that game, guys. And you know what we got to talk about? that If we're going to throw, throw the ball long, we got to talk about protection, you know? Got to talk about protection. So if we get those opportunities to get it down the field like that, you know, we saw some tool going through a couple progressive reads. Uh, offensive line did a heck of a job, I thought, in, in pass pro. And I was just watching Armstead just, you know, just cover people up, you know, all day. Just like, like a blanket. It's amazing, man. Unbelievable. It's amazing. And um, I thought the, the whole line did a, a solid job. And they busted up a whole, bust, whole wide open for us to get, you know, Edmonds down inside the 10. Uh, I thought they did a solid job today. Some pressure at times, of course, but that's part of the game. Tua, oh, man, what about the move Tua made the one time, uh, the quick little reverse yeah. reverse out. Spin. And throw, man, that was an outstanding stuff. So he's able to he's navigate his way without when there is a little bit of pressure, which which is nice to see as well. Only one sack for eight yards. We didn't get to them at all, but, you know, unfortunately – I mean, fortunately, we were able to over, overcome all that. So, O-line gets a little bit of credit. That's well a big-time pass rush yeah. over there in Baltimore, oh, too. They absolutely. don't play around. Yeah, they, they deserve a lot of credit. And I thought Tua was great, right? He said, you know, they talked about in the fourth quarter, he said they were great all game long. Right. You know, he gave a lot of yeah, credit to those guys. And, and I think, you know, I guess great is a relative term. You'll watch the All-22. But those guys stepped up. I mean, those guys stepped up. And, the, yeah, there was some pressure. But you're playing the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, there's going to be some pressure. Right. The stats keep coming in, guys. Keep so N- in. NFL research. How about this one? This is great. I mean, this is what we've talked about. This, we just talked about it a minute ago. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle each have 150-plus receiving yards and one receiving touchdown in week two, tied for the most teammates to do so in a single game in the Super Bowl era. The only other Dolphins to do so? Mark Clayton and Mark Duper in week three, 1986, the game that Dan Marino threw six touchdown passes at the Jets. I mean, it's it's just nonstop. Whoever's digging this stuff up, I give them a lot of credit. It's it's your word that you use, legendary. Like that's that's literally where it is because <laughs> you're going back to the '80s to find these stats from the most prolific offenses, not just in franchise history, but some of the NFL's best offenses of all time. I hope 
we all hope, we need, right, as Dolphins fans, the Miami Dolphins need there to be bigger games for Tua and the Miami Dolphins. He needs to have bigger wins. Talked about the whole idea of getting to the playoffs, winning games in the playoffs, ultimately chasing that trophy. We hope that when you look at what was the Tua Tungavailoa era here in Miami, that there are going to be far more meaningful games. But I think that when you look across his career statistically, he's going to he's going to be hard pressed to have a whole lot of games that statistically are more impressive than what you saw today. I don't think. Yeah, yeah I mean. If he throws six touchdown passes again, <laughs> we'll probably get a couple. I mean, Dan Marino <laughs> and Bob Greasy each did it one time. Yeah, right. So I mean, you know, it's again, that's easy. that's why when we're we're talking about this, we're not getting. What do you say? Getting ahead of your skis yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I don't, I've never been skiing in my life. I grew up. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but 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 I know you say it all the time. But I, I, we're not getting ahead of ourselves here in recognizing how impressive that performance was. And I think all of these stat machines that are pushing things out are telling you how impressive it was. But also, no, it's not lost on us that we want this team to have bigger wins, more meaningful wins this season. That's that's a great point. And, you know, it, it kind of goes to this point that I had written down here because defense wasn't their best day. I trust they'll get it right. I know they're better than that. But it goes back to a point that we've talked about on the Spaces show, on Drive Time, here on the post game show, about having multiple ways to win games. Yeah. This team didn't have this type of offensive comeback in them the last two years in two seasons where they went 10 and 6 and 9 and 8. So I think if they have that element to their game, you know, who knows? It's, it's a good omen, I think, to see the offense do this with a defense that you know will get back and they'll bounce back. So this means we're 2 and 0. This means a big win on the road against the Ravens. But coming up next, Juice, is the boogeyman from up north. The, the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen have really, really, really put into this team the last few years. What's it going to take to get to 3-0 and and really get people talking? Seth talks about big games. That's your game right there. Uh, that is a huge game. You know, all, before the season started, I always want to split with, with Buffalo, if we can, beat New England twice and beat hopefully beat the Jets twice. That's, that's my goal for the AFC East when you're trying to win that. And uh, you said it, the big boogeyman, a lot of people are picking them to, to go deep, if not to win at all, and into the playoffs. And, and Josh Allen's a tough, he's a tough guy to deal with. And he's going to be a little bit similar to what we saw from Lamar today. Can spin it, can run, and you got to be able to stop all that stuff. And he's got some weapons on the outside as well. And they got a great defense. So we cannot get in a hole like this, like we did. Uh, it is a home game, thank goodness. Um, but we have to go out there, and if we have to go toe for toe and win an ugly game or get into, you know, wasn't a dog fight. It was more of a back and forth kind of game, like back in the day, like you talk about the Danny Marino it's like a game. Heavyweight title fight. Yeah, man. exactly it's right. Fest. Yeah. So, but you know, you, you and and that's what we had to do, make that comeback when you think all was lost and the guys battled back like like Rocky. <laughs> um, that's what you can't. We got if we we can't get down <laughs> like that against this team. We have to, even though the Baltimore Ravens are a hell of a team, we still have to. We cannot get in the habit of doing things like that, especially because a team that's as good as Buffalo. That's that's why I think my, you know, I'm going to give myself some props like I like to do. Like, that's why my point, I think, is is valid because they did have some success against the Bills defensively last year. It just, the game got too long because the offense couldn't sustain anything, whether it was the game down here with Jacoby Brissett after Tua broke a rib or the game in Buffalo that was looking like Miami early on and then the Buffalo Bills kind of came on in that fourth quarter, but they were stifling the Bills offense for really two, three quarters of those games and maybe that's where this offense kind of coming into play. Well, that's it, right? That's exactly right, Travis, is that when your defense does start like that, you've got to reward them with points, and that has to be deflating for that defense. And as we saw today, if you don't put the team away, right, then then you you let your opponent know, that, that that's okay. You know, we have, we're not clicking the way we want to, but it'll happen eventually because they're not scoring. 
and we're going to be okay. So, so that's that's where you hope that what we've seen these first two weeks that this is a different offense, and certainly seems like it is. It, man, if they if they can get that one, it's going to be. All bets are going to be off. It'll be three and zero. That's be, right. where it'll be. We'll right. give it a time, right. Travis. Let's not get out what over our skis. <laughs> over our skis. You have to tell me what that means. What? I'm never going skiing. Right. But but I, I will tell you again. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. If they beat Buffalo, they'll be three and zero. They'll be at the top of the division. They'll have two wins against division opponents and be three and zero in the AFC. And that would be very meaningful. There there are other places in the country where the biggest mountains are not garbage uh, heaps. Like it is down here in South Florida. I understand it exists. I just have no interest. I understand it exists. That's a great quote. I love it. So there you go. It's it's good stuff, man. I'm just saying my my thing. My say that it's going to be on or whatever. Like that's the media like reaction. It's going to be all Dolphins. Uh, if they get to that three and L mark, it's going to be a, a crazy time to be a Dolphins. It's, fan. it's a big game. It's a big game early it in the season. There game. are such things, you know. You play these get these seasons in like quarters, you know. So this is a one of the bigger games in the first quarter of the season for us, for them, and maybe for the rest of the country. Considering like you know everybody knows what Bu- you know Buffalo's all about, and they see what we've done. Look, well, I've gotten I've gotten calls from all over the country about this game we, that we just saw. You know what I mean? I so the country is a lot. They're interested in what we're doing and what we just did. You know, so that's gonna that's gonna create a buzz, and you know, if, if Buffalo goes out and, and does what we think they're gonna do, uh, what's it tomorrow or tonight? Monday night. Monday night. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. If they go out and do what we think they're what they're supposed to do, then it's gonna be even more buzz. So be ready. You know, be up for the task. But you know, if we have to play better, complimentary football early in the game. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, I look at it. It's a barometer game. It's you know, because yeah. again, the whole thing is, are you good enough to beat Buffalo? You know, can you get out of your own division? Mm-hmm. And if you beat them in week three, it doesn't guarantee you anything late, but it is a barometer game. And, it, you know, if you go out and they just manhandle you and muscle you up and down the field on both sides of the ball, then you say, wow, they're still our big brother. And, but if you can go out there and, 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 and go toe-to-toe and come out with a W, it lets you know that, that maybe this is a year where you're heading in the right direction. Oh, man, you guys, again, for the fourth or fifth time, the goosebumps, the goosies are coming back for me right here. We have two minutes left, guys. I want to go ahead and pivot to what's coming up on the podcast network this week. Uh, same schedule on drive time doesn't change in season. I kind of like that formulaic nature. It keeps me to <laughs> keeps me on schedule. But tonight, the recap show, going to be an all-nighter because I want to get it all in and I have to rewrite the whole freaking show. Uh, Tuesday's the All-22 review. Wednesday's a deep dive podcast. Thursday, the preview of the Buffalo Bills game, and then Friday we'll get a guest on from Buffalo to give the perspective from Buffalo. Big Seth, the fish tank this week. I can't wait for this episode coming out, man. Former Dolphins general manager Rick Spielman Mm -hmm. dives into the tank. And look, forget what you think about Rick Spielman and what happened to the team during that era. It doesn't matter. If you want to hear a good interview, you want to learn something and and, and talk to somebody who has spent 30-plus years helping decide what players are going to play on what teams, you know, that in and of itself is interesting. But the person, right? How how much fun was he, Juice? We had so much fun. And he you was know, bagging on me the whole time. But yeah, these like, Ohioans, those, the two Ohioans got in there. And they were ganging we up on me. Real Travis. good time in it, man. It was, it was really good. And he asked some tough questions, Big Seth. He answered questions. So, you know, I think that's important to say. You want to listen to this. He talked about what the conversation was in drafting Drew Brees, or oh, not selecting Drew Brees, drafting Jamar Fletcher. He talked about. The, the making the trade for Ricky Williams, he was in the most unlikely place when he negotiated that yeah, trade. Yeah. And then obviously having to be faced with the fact 
that Ricky retired unexpectedly. Juice, of course, threw me under the bus, told him it was my fault. <laughs> that reaction is priceless. I mean, Rick was just fantastic. He was so much fun. was very interesting. It's a great episode Sweet. of the Fish Tank. It's right up my alley, and if you're a fan of drive time, it is too, because that's what we talk about is the in, ins and outs, X's and O's in the football field, and who better than an ex-GM, especially one down here. And that Jamar Fletcher thing, I told you guys on the Spaces show, like, I still have a bone to pick about that one, so I'd love to hear the story behind that. Great stuff, as always, in the fish tank. Great stuff on the post-game show here, fellas. You guys killed it today. Job, what a yeah. fun day. I can't imagine doing this with anybody else watching this game with you guys the way we did today. So that's it. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Thanks to Kim Camper, Joe Rose, and the voice of the Miami Dolphins, Jimmy Cephalo, our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro. Andra Solana, our studio producers Robert Grieper, Jimmy Garcia, and Matt Biff Wilson. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray for OJ McDuffie. For Seth Levitt, I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. Dolphins football is going to be back on the air for week three at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins taking on their division rival Buffalo Bills next Sunday. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.